Hey, God, it's Jerry. I'm sitting here on a Monday morning about to write another sermon. Anytime I write a sermon on this topic, I take a deep breath. This is such a sensitive topic. Money. Giving. There's the adage about churches, all they want is your money. I took a look back over my sermon files this morning, and I think I've talked about this topic more than just about any other topic in the 30 years here at the Ridge, maybe right up there with Christmas sermons. I found, a clo- I found close to 50 on money, which means I've talked about it every year and more than once a year. You know I don't want people to think that all I want is their money. And in fact, I've told people before that if they feel that way, they don't need to give to the Ridge. I told them that they should still give, but if they think all that we want is their money, to give it elsewhere. I hope that was okay to say. But it's still important to give it somewhere. The reason I've talked so much about this topic, God, is because you talk so much about this topic. Jesus never quit talking about it when he was on earth. I've asked myself why. Why is it that Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined? Why is it that we read so much about giving in the Old Testament than it's repeated over and over again in the New Testament? You obviously don't need my money. In fact, it's all yours anyway. You know what I've concluded? It's because money perhaps is more connected to my spirituality than any other thing. You can evaluate how quickly what's important to me, where my heart is, what matters to me, by seeing how I spend my money. Since I've talked about this topic so much, I really don't have a whole lot to say that will be different this go-around. But I also know that as part of this Thrive series, if we're going to thrive in our relationship with you, we've got to get this generosity thing right. So rather than write another sermon on this topic, God, I just decided to talk to you about this. This is going to be very personal this morning. Just you and me. I want to tell you why I give. Actually, this stirs emotion to me just to think about it. It's like your 50th wedding anniversary and you want to tell your lifelong spouse why they mean so much to you. How you love them more today than you did the day you said I do. How if you had to do it all over again, you'd do it in a heartbeat. So here goes. Here's why I give to you, God. I give because I like the way it makes me feel. I know that sounds pretty self-centered, but there's nothing wrong with doing the right thing and feeling good about it, right? Besides, you're the only one who's hearing this anyway, so I'm just going to be real. I know you said in the Bible that it's more blessed to give than receive, and I found one of the most significant blessings I receive is the joy I experience when I know that my money can actually be used to make a difference in the lives of others. I love being part of my church I love what you're doing. Hardly a week goes by where I don't hear someone else whose life is different because somebody at this church impacted them or how they met you through attending this church and now their life is changing for the better. I'm thinking about Tim and Vicki. Tim is on our staff now. 
Man, what a blessing he is to have as our connections, Pastor. I get the feeling that you created him for this. He loves ministry. He loves people. He loves to interact with people and to help them take their next steps with you. I wish everybody who attends our church knew the contributions he's made in the first year he's been on our staff. But I also remember that day back in November 2010 when Tim talked to me and told me that his marriage was struggling. He and Vicki weren't even sure they were going to make it. They went to 12 Stones Counseling Center as a last resort. Not only did you restore their marriage, but you gave them a heart for helping others who were going through the same kind of struggles. And now I get to serve alongside of Tim at the church. How cool is that? Thank you, God, for allowing me to be a, just a little part of their story. That makes me feel really good, knowing that when I give back to you through our church, I'm part of a lot of people's stories. Maybe stories I don't even know about. It's making a difference. I like that feeling a lot. Here's another reason I give. I want to give to you because you gave everything for me. I made a decision to surrender my life to you as a boy. That was about 55 years ago. 55 years ago, are you kidding me? But I still can't get over the fact that you gave everything for me. I still have trouble reading John 3.16 and not getting emotional. You love me so much that you gave your one and only son to die for me to pay for my sins? I, I still remember as a little boy realizing that I had sinned. In fact, it didn't take much convincing. At five years of age, it was obvious. My defiant spirit, the way I treated my sister, I was selfish. I lied even without thinking about it. I was more than a handful at church and everywhere else. Like the time I was going through the grocery store line with my mom, and there at eye level was a rack full of candy, and I took some. <laughs> I even remember it was sweet tarts. I put them in my pocket, then I ate them when I got home. I don't think I told, ever told anybody about that. Do you mind if we just keep that between you and me? But I still remember doing that, stealing. Wow, where did that come from? And I could go on 55 years later, and I'm still struggling today to do the right things. Yet at five years of age, I knew that, in, that my sin displeased you. But you saw this disobedient little boy, and you, you sent your son into the world to die to pay the penalty for my sins. Then you brought Jesus back to life, and he offered to forgive me of all my sins, sins I did as a five-year-old and sins that I still do today. Why would you do that? I don't deserve it. You did it because you love me that much? I'm still overwhelmed by that. So giving back to you isn't a chore. It's a joy. It's a privilege. I know I can't repay you for what you did for me, but I can show you how much I love you and appreciate you by giving back to you as generously as I can. I know you've heard me say it before, but before I move on, can I just say once again, thank you. Here's another reason. I give because I've surrendered my life to you. When I was a kid, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Then when I was a teen at a Christian camp, 
I was sitting around a campfire one night, and the speaker asked us if we wanted to fully surrender our lives to you. He said that if we wanted to make a clear statement that we were completely surrendered to you, we could take a stick and throw it into the fire. I did that that night. It was a defining moment in my life. Part of that decision meant that my money and my possessions were now surrendered to Jesus, 100% of them. So that meant I had to make some decisions from that day forward. The first 10% of all my income has gone to you. And as time went on, even more. Because everything I have, every dollar I earn, belongs to you, God. Now, it's still a struggle for me. I find myself holding on way too tightly. I find myself thinking that spending it on myself would somehow make me happy. So I still have to surrender my money and possessions to you way more often than I'd like to think I'd have to. But on that day when I fully surrendered, I knew that my standard of living would not determine my standard of giving. And not only am I okay with that, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm yours, God. All of me, including my wallet. And I just want you to hear me say that again. I also give because I want to position myself for your blessings in my life. This is actually a pretty big deal to me, God, because when I read the Bible, you say over and over again that if I put you first financially, you'll bless me. I've tried to figure out what that means. I know it doesn't mean you're going to make me an overnight millionaire, although in my weak moments, I wish it did. But I have figured out that it does mean that if I put you first with my finances, giving you the first 10%, you become supernaturally involved in my life, and I want that more than anything. To be honest, there are times when I get a bit discontented. I compare myself to others who have more. Somehow I think it'll make me happy and satisfied. But then when I take the time to count my blessings, I'm overwhelmed at what I do have. And, and not just financially or materially, but the intangible blessings like peace, joy, contentment, knowing that what I give to you is an investment in eternity. You made it so clear in the Bible that if I put you first, you'll bless my life. And I'm not sure I understand all that, but I know this. I want to position myself in the best way possible to receive your blessings. I so want you to be supernaturally involved in my life. So a real tangible way to show you that is to give as generously as I can to you. Another reason. Another reason I give is because I believe with all my heart in the vision of our church. This has been quite a journey you've had us on on the last 30 years, God. I still remember some of those early days when a few of us caught this vision for doing church differently. We wanted to become a church for our friends who had given up on church, who or friends who didn't like church. And once we started to change our church to become a church like that, it got really difficult. We were criticized repeatedly. Remember those Mondays out in Brown County State Park, God, where it was just you and me? I wasn't even sure what was going to happen to our church or our vision. But I remember telling you, you put this in my heart, and I have to try this. Even if we fail, I have to try. And if it's not your will for us to become the kind of church that prioritizes reaching people who've given up on church, then I'm going to have to find a church that does. Even if I'm not going to pastor that church, I have to attend a church like that. You burned that so deeply in my heart that I knew we had to go for broke. 
And there were a core group of people in our church who felt the same way. You gave us that vision to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. God, even though it was hard, you were so faithful. Have I thanked you for your faithfulness lately? If not, I want to say thanks again. And here's why. Looking back, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. The individual stories of those lives who have been impacted by the church keep me going. I think of Rich. Rich had three failed marriages. When his fourth marriage came to an end against his wishes, he was at the end of his rope. He said that the pain and helplessness overwhelmed him, and a friend told him to try the ridge. The very first Sunday Rich came, the topic was celebrate recovery. There he learned about God's love and grace in his life and how to overcome his hurts. He worked through the dysfunction of his past through your power and the support of those in Celebrate Recovery, dramatic change took place in Rich. His teen daughter even told him, I know what God can do because I've seen it in you. Rich also found himself hopelessly in debt. He attended Financial Peace University where he began to learn principles to help him retire his debt and manage his money in ways that please you. And by next summer, the only debt Rich will have will be his house mortgage. And recently, he told one of our pastors with joy that he has now been able to start giving to the church. Rich said, my personal relationships are now meaningful, and I feel the freedom of not being enslaved to debt. I could tell that story over and over again. That's our vision. So I not only want to give, it's a joy to give. It's inspiring to give to a vision like that. I just have one life to live. I have limited resources, so I'm thrilled that you allow me to invest them in what really matters. I honestly think I'd be tempted to spend it all on myself if you hadn't allowed me to be part of this church. And the last thing I want to do is come to the end of my life and realize that I've wasted my money and resources on a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. By giving to you, I've been able to be part of doing whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. And I love that that impact extends even around the world. I get to be part of helping churches in India do whatever it takes to reach their communities for Christ because our church provides financial support for three different pastors in India. I love that we're rescuing orphans from dire poverty and potential trafficking because my church supports organizations like Central India Christian Mission and Love Justice in Nepal. I get to be part of that. I also give because I want to do my part. The truth is, God, when I decided to make this my church, I signed on to support the ministries here. It's just part of the deal, and I'm okay with that. So when the end of the year comes, I can say, hey, I did my part as a financial contributor at the Ridge this year. I helped keep the lights on, pay for staff to do their jobs, and contributed to keep the buildings clean. I didn't just take up space. I did my part. Not only do I get to be a part of what's happening at the Ridge, God, I want to do my part. Another reason I give is because I want to obey you. God, you tell me to give back to you. You even told your people, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, that to not give back to you is the same as stealing from you because the first 10% belongs to you. 
You told me to set aside the first part of my income and give it to you. And I want to be obedient. I remember the story about the high-ranking Roman officer whose highly valued servant was sick and near death. The officer loved this servant. Jesus heard about it and headed to the house to heal the man. But the officer sent word to Jesus and said, don't trouble yourself by coming to my house. Furthermore, I'm not worthy of your presence. Just say the word from where you are. My servant will be healed. Jesus loved that. He was amazed to see such faith in a Roman officer. I so much want to be a just say the word follower of Jesus. God, I don't always have my act together, but in my heart, I want you to know that if you say jump, I'm going to ask how high. I trust you that much. You mean that much to me. So when it comes to my money and possessions, just say the word and I'll do it. The first 10% or whatever else you want from me, I'm yours. I give because it does something to me. I don't like admitting this, but even though I've tried to put you first in my finances since I was a teen, I get self-centered so easily I believe the lie that if I had this or that or more money, I would feel more secure and enjoy life more. And it's a constant struggle for me, God. My drift is always inward. So even though I'm often doing the right thing with my actions, my attitude can get a little bit out of whack. And I'm embarrassed to say that. You'd think I wouldn't struggle with this anymore, but I do. You'd think after all these years of being a follower of Jesus and pastoring a church, I'd have this figured out by now. You remember the many times I've been to countries of the world where people are less fortunate than I am, and when I return, I was thinking I'll never complain again. And then I found myself complaining again. So when I have to make a decision to give, not only my regular giving, but to extra things, like when I was challenged to give over and above for, for their future, or when I see a worthy cause or a donation, or someone who could use financial assistance. I like what happens inside of me because it gives me the opportunity to do another heart check and ask myself, Jerry, how tightly are you holding on to it? You know it's all God's anyway. When I give, it does something to me. It breaks the power of greed and selfishness that it has on me. And after I give, I always know I did the right thing. One other thing, I give to show my gratitude. God, as you know, because, well, you're God, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. I love Thanksgiving because it takes the focus off of me and puts it on you. Sure, I'm thankful for all you've done for me, but there's no more tangible way to show that than to give. Every month when I see that auto withdrawal coming out of my bank account and it's going to the ridge, it's one way for me to say, Jesus, you gave your life for me. This month's donation to my church is just one way for me to regularly let you know how grateful I am for all you've done for me. You said that where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. I want my heart to belong to you, so I'm going to continue to send my treasure your way. 
So that's all for now, God. It did me some good to write this out to you. I hope you know how much emotion is behind this. You've been so incredibly faithful to me. So I want to be faithful back with my money and possessions. I want to hear Jesus say those words when I see him face to face. Well done, good and faithful servant. So Jerry mentioned a lot of reasons why giving is important. And it started me thinking about What's my answer to that question? Why do I give? So here's one for me. This is Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Now, if I were Jesus, I think I would have flip-flopped that statement. I think I would have said something like, wherever the desire of your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught when we fully trust God with our money, our heart for God follows. So here's one of the reasons I give. I give because I want my heart to honor and to follow God. Now we have a church value here that says we are contributors, not consumers. I find that to be a really challenging statement. Here's what we mean by it. Because we're called to love others with all we are, we will give all that we've got for the world. Our hope is for every single person who calls the Ridge their church home, that they would fully trust God with all that they've got, including their finances. Now, that's not comfortable to talk about. It's not fun to talk about. It's not easy to talk about, but it's really important to talk about. Now, I think it's important for you to know that we're almost $3,000 a week behind our weekly ministry budget, our general fund, and our hope is to get caught back up by the end of the year. Our general fund goes toward paying our staff, running the building. It goes toward student ministries and kids ministry and care ministries, helps fund organizations we support like Love Chapel, like 12 Stones Counseling Center that Jerry mentioned. It supports those missionaries he was talking about around the world, including India and Japan. And giving is an important part of our spiritual journey as a church, but it's a really important part of our spiritual journey as individuals. It can help us feel connected to what God is doing in his kingdom, including through the Ridge. Now, if you're a guest with us, I think it's a great day for you to be here because this is our heart. It's not about how much money. It's about our relationship with Jesus. And I want every single person to hear this. Jerry already mentioned it. It's not about giving to the Ridge. It's about responding to what God has done in your life. So if you don't feel prompted, if you feel super uncomfortable about giving to the Ridge, my challenge is don't let that stand in the way of you taking a next step with your relationship with Jesus. Now, we're going to talk about four next steps, four possible next steps. I see the fear on your faces. I'm not going to talk for 25 more minutes. It's okay. It's just a few more minutes. Those four next steps are in your bulletin on the flip side of the notes there that Jerry was talking through. So here's that first next step as we're being challenged to think through this. Number one, give for the first time. Maybe you've never given to really anything, including the, the ministry here at the Ridge. Would you consider becoming a first time giver? If you've never done it before, take that time, set aside a moment and say, I want to intentionally give. Giving that first time can be huge. It's difficult to start anything. So we'd encourage you, think about 
what it would take for you to give for the first time. Here's number two, give regularly. So maybe you've given occasionally in the past. Would you commit to becoming that regular giver? What does it look like? Here's another way of saying this. What would it look like for this to become a regular part of your budget? To intentionally set aside regularly. This can be done as simply as saying, hey, I'm not going to drink Starbucks on Saturday, just, you know, Monday through Friday and Sunday. Like it could be as simple as that, you know, so, something like that. But what would it look like for you to set aside some time to maybe start that conversation about what does it look like to sacrifice and, and give regularly? Number three, give a percentage. Maybe you've given regularly for quite a long time and you've started to think about what does it look like for me to tithe? Like Jerry mentioned, that's 10%. What does it look like for me to to set aside a percentage of our income since it's all God's anyway? What would it look like for us to sacrifice in that way? That can be an amazing challenge for us. Number four, give above and beyond. Maybe you already give 10% or you already give a percentage. What does it look like for God to prompt you to become an impact giver? To have an even greater impact in the kingdom of God. Since it's all his anyway, what does it look like for us to become givers who go above and beyond? Now, we want you to know you're able to give every Sunday in a couple of different ways here at the Ridge. We pass buckets around, so that's one way that you can give. There's also a drop box right outside uh, this hallway right here next to the conference room down that hallway. There's a drop box. You can put, put your gift there at any time. We also want you to know that you can set up recurring gifts or you can give online. There are details about that in your bulletin. That's theridge.org slash give. That's actually the way that my wife, Abby, and I give. It's a way that we can set it aside first, no matter what, no matter if we're here or I forget on Sunday morning, which happens all the time, like we can focus in and we can intentionally set that aside. So that's a great way to go about doing that. And I would challenge you as you're thinking this through, as God is working on that question, as you're answering the question, why do I give? What do I give? To allow God in to make that next step. What does it look like for you to take a next step in your financial giving? Whether that's here, whether that's somewhere else, whether that's just making sure that he's first, what does it look like for you to be a contributor, not a consumer. I'd like to pray for us. Bow your head and I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I have to admit to you, I have to confess that I, I struggle with talking about this. Uh, it, it's intensely uncomfortable. It's my least favorite thing to get on a stage and to talk about. And that's because I'm realizing of how important it is in my own heart and uh, how hard it is to admit that we fall short, I fall short in this. I'm not always modeling behavior here. I'm not always taking that next step. So as we, as we pray today, as, as we think through this today, my prayer is, is a personal one. Challenge me, challenge my thinking, challenge me to take a next step to think about what it means to to give in a way that it's all belonging to you anyway. 
challenge that thinking of why do I give? Is it for you? Is it for me? Help me to be open-handed with what you have given to us. Help me be thankful for it. And my prayer is that you would challenge each and every person in this room to take that next step, not because you need our money, but because you know how close that is to our heart, how uncomfortable that can feel for us, how we think that we do enough at times. Help challenge that thinking and help us take a real next step because of who you are, that you've modeled what it means to put your treasure first through Jesus on the cross. I don't even get close to sacrificing in that way. Help us respond in a way that honors you and models and shows that our heart is with you because that's where our treasure is as well. We love you, and it's because of Jesus that we pray today. Amen.